We're doing another throwback episode this week, sharing a talk I gave to the Columbus chapter of Conscious Capitalism. I'm not shy about sharing with people that I feel very fortunate to be in a position to be able to combine my work life with my personal passions to build communities around impact, creative expression, and well-being. And that this was not an easy journey to break out of the societal norms and expectations, dealing with all the fears and programming that make it easy to just follow the rules. It's hard work to face your fears, to be courageous and do something that's inside of you. If it wasn't, more people would do it. But I do believe it's worth it not only for our personal fulfillment, but also to bring out new ideas and shift our thinking as a society. And that it is never too late to start on that journey. So I took this opportunity to talk with a room full of business leaders about the importance of defining our purpose in life, finding our essence and integrating that into our lives. That is how we tap into our superpowers and how we can inspire others. How do you define the, the mission or purpose of, of Kaufman? Yeah, our purpose is to build high design communities around impact, creative expression, and well-being. And within all of that, there's a lot there that we unpack. But at the end of the day, it's with the intention that we're doing our part to change the world. The story, the background is, is that I spent... Um, a lot of my life, really, and certainly the beginning part of my career, working and being associated with things that probably weren't really me at my essence. And so that looked like going into banking, despite the fact that I was interested in psychology and architecture. I went and got a job at a bank to impress my girlfriend's parents, um, which worked because we've been married now 20 years. But um, I hated banking. And then I spent the next 11 years in a corporate culture doing production housing and really just not being inspired by my work and really not knowing the difference. I didn't have parents that grew up passionate, that loved their work. I just thought that's what you did. You went, you got a job, you worked. And then the rest of the things that you were passionate about, you did at some other point on the weekends, um, vacations later in life. So really, you know, what the impact, the creative expression, the well-being, those are things that we're just passionate about. I wanted to create a company that I could go to work and have a work-life integration where volunteering in the community would happen during the workday. We would go for runs and talk about, you know, what we were doing. And that not only would we have that within our company, a company full of people that shared that passion, but we would create communities that made it easily accessible for people to connect to their passions, to be inspired, to connect to not only the things they're passionate about, to other people that they could collaborate with and you know, go on to do great things. You mentioned integrating some of your interests into your work life. What are some of the specific interests you have? What are the things you want around you at work? Well, you know, in this project in particular, there's a lot of art. So art is always something that I've been inspired by and occasionally dabble in. And so, you know, that's why you see a lot of the art. But it's not just about when we say expression, creative expression is not just about art or the arts. It's about being fully expressed as a human being. So that's something that personally I'm really passionate about. 
any kind of opportunity to grow and expand. So that might mean learning new things, whether it be acupuncture or nutrition or, you know, we're bringing in, um, last week we had, or a couple weeks ago, we had a group in from Los Angeles that was doing kind of body fascia work. It's, it's kind of anything that gives you the opportunity to feel better and to grow. Um, so that's what we mean by expression. And that's an example of what I'm passionate about. And the same is true for the impact. Volunteering, the well-being is about being, you know, healthy. Um, you know, that might mean we've got rooftop yoga or um, a lot of opportunities to learn and grow and expand and feel better. I know one of your interests. I talked to a number of your friends before doing this interview, and they all mentioned <laughs> meditation. Every uh-huh. single one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you talked about yoga and um, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Meditation is one of those interesting things in the business world. 30 years ago, you did not see it in business literature at all. Mm-hmm. Now you read a Harvard Business Review, and every other article at least mentions it. Yeah. What, what does that mean for you? What's going on there? Yeah, so when I was in college, I this is a true story, sounds kind of cliche, but I saw a sign posted on a light pole for an introduction to transcendental meditation. And I went to the introduction and I learned at the time that it was $500 to essentially get a word, which, you know, they called a mantra. And I didn't really, you know, at that point it was like, wow, you know, I don't think that's in the budget. So um, I waited. And when I graduated from college, I said yes and gave myself the gift of that word and that technique. And so... What's happened for me uh, since, you know, in the 20 plus years since I learned to meditate is really like this. Um, All of that, uh, I I credit, you know, everything that's kind of become clear to me, everything that I've been able to create, the relationships that I have, the way that I feel in part is due to learning that practice. And so, Again, you know, I've always tried, and this might sound a little selfish or narcissistic, but it's things that I've experienced that, that have worked for me, I want to share with other people. So creating an environment, a company where you have the ability to do the things you're passionate about and learn and grow. And meditation is one of those things that we brought into Kaufman Development that we now bring into the communities. Uh, that we uh, own and operate, you know, it's, I think, making a difference. Do you think it makes you a, more, a better business person or more effective leader, or is it total, totally unrelated? No, I think it, I mean, this is, I'm pretty, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid. I, I you know, I uh, have just seen profound impacts in my life, and I don't think it matters what you're doing, if you're doing anything, uh, you're going to feel better. You have more clarity. Um, you physically feel better. You've got better ideas. You see the world differently. It, for, you know, for me, it's been you know, really a profound practice. You mentioned self-improvement. What are some of the specific things you're working to get better at right now? Oh, boy. I don't know that we have time. I mean, I, I'm like a, I, mean, I, I will admit I am like a junkie. Um, uh, so much so that I've kind of recently discovered that I I don't need any more tools or any more ideas or any more networks that I, I, uh, I, I have more than I can actually implement. So I'm, I'm mostly focused on integration, really 
taking the things that I've learned and putting them into practice and mastering them. But, you know, I'm in, uh, a big proponent of, of uh, therapy. And so I do a number of different kinds of mental health therapies. And I'm constantly peeling back the layers and looking at my traumas and my childhood and my life and how I'm being and how I can improve. Um, uh, Landmark Forum, anyone in here do Landmark Forum? Yay. So um, that was a huge uh, growth opportunity for me. I have a coach that I work with and I'm learning how to coach. And so that's a real growth opportunity to be on the other side of that. I think there's something about this space that overlaps with, with what you're talking about as well. Like when I walked in the doors here, my blood pressure dropped like 20% just being in this room. Um, Gravity is extremely unique, uh, even for the development of work that you've done to date. Uh, is this kind of a one-off sort of um, interesting concept or are you all in on this going forward? Well, it's a good question. So, you know, the way I look at it is when we started the company, it was always with this in mind. But it, it didn't look exactly like this in my mind. Uh, so we started with our first project out in New Albany, which was a suburban stick frame, two-story, uh, 300 big unit project. And that project was still at the core the same, which was we wanted to create something that made a difference in people's lives. We wanted to give them access uh, to a better life in some way, shape, or form. Now, it, it took on a different shape. So it was, we got rid of the playground and we put it in a community garden. We started offering running clubs and fitness clubs. And this is uh, maybe more common today, but it wasn't then. To have big amenities, events, programs, to be talking about wellness, to be talking about philanthropy. Th those were not as common in the apartment industry for sure. So that's, we've just been kind of enhancing that. We then went from, suburbs to downtown, and we went from residential to mixed use, not just where you live, but where you work. So um, this has been an evolution of all of that. And really, you know, I could tell you the Franklinton specifically, the art, you know, there's traces of my childhood, you know, walking into the art room for the first time when I was in high school and discovering the smokers in the pit. Like, you know, there's there's like elements of my entire life that have informed my work. And this is just the latest, fullest expression of that. And, and, it, and it's something we're excited by. Um, we're going across the street to triple down and there's a lot more gravity we think that we can build from. And yet we're going to do other things too. Can you talk about some of the new things you're going to do in the next iteration of gravity across the street? Sure. It's, uh, it's five acres directly across Broad Street. It's uh, 250, there's a 256-unit residential tower, a 180,000-square-feet office building. There's a co-living building, so we're going to try to tackle affordability and community in a different way with a co-living building, some townhouses, and, and really at the root of it is kind of a lot of what you see in the art and the placemaking and the experiential aspect of the real estate kind of tenfold from what you see. So there's, I don't know, 90,000 square feet of murals from artists all over the world that we've contracted. There's digital, I saw Brian here somewhere, Realm has done an incredible kind of 
digital forest, we're calling it, um, kind of modeled in part after the digital museum in Japan. So there's, there's a huge interactive component. And then we're going to have bigger event spaces, more programming, more content, you know, just an expansion of, the, um, of what we've got here. I think you used the word evolution or journey to get here, to kind of implement that vision. Do you have any regrets along the way or anything you take back? Mm. You know, I have a worldview, which is that everything is perfect for what it is and what it's not. And so there's been a lot of mistakes and a lot of hard lessons, and it has not been easy. So, you know, I spoke to a class at Ohio State yesterday morning, and I kind of flipped through all of our projects. And I didn't realize I was saying this, but somebody, of course, you know, a 20-year-old at 8 o'clock in the morning will call you out on it. Uh, they said, um, so did all your projects go well? Have you had any hard times? And, and the truth is, is we've been in like a really good market and things have gone well and we haven't had any big problems, but it's been really hard and we've had a lot of hiccups. We've made a lot of mistakes, but to me, that's really, when you get on the other side of it, it's so powerful to have experienced all of that that I don't see it as regret at all. So when you're doing all of this, creating all these buildings, providing services, you have to leverage partnerships to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe talk about how you see that. Maybe some specific, you mentioned uh, uh, round. Mm -hmm. Maybe go into that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people and partners that go into making something like this happen. There's the architects, the designers, the city, the lawyers, the investors, um, the co-developers, banks. I mean, there's a million people that kind of go into it from that perspective. And that's just the business we're in. Yeah. The, the partnerships that I think really allow gravity to become what it is and our company are, are more like our partnership with BESA. Um, BESA was our first partnership. We were actually Matthew's first client and investor. And that is a partnership that we're really proud of. That the, when I see that he's working with Jenny's and Big Lots and L Brands, you know, that brings me so much joy because I know they're solving really, really big problems for a lot of people and a lot of corporations. So those are kind of the partnerships that we're trying to mine for. Pelotonia is a great example. Roosevelt, um, Rove, if you guys are familiar with Calvin and what his team is doing, that's a really great partnership we're proud of. We're really looking for partnerships that can really expand, scale, and have a big impact beyond just with our group. So you've mentioned banks and financing a couple times, Mm -hmm. uh, and construction is so heavily reliant on making those financial numbers work. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to investors or a bank, um, obviously you have to make the numbers work, but how do you convince them uh, on the vision and focusing on purpose beyond profits? Mm Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I was in a meeting. I can't remember if Brian was in this meeting or not, but I was in a meeting with a bunch of designers from around the country, and they were doing kind of really, you know, big thinking. And and I I said our superpower is that we make shit work, and they kind of laughed. And I said, no, I'm I'm not kidding. Like underneath all of this has to be really good, fundamentally strong real estate that will work or else we can't live to see another day and and dream big. So I've kind of looked back on that banking time in my life and all of that corporate production housing, all of that as 
as much as it was something I didn't like at the time, really beneficial. I know when I meet with a bank, what they want to see, what matters to them, and how to really make sure that we have fundamentally sound, economically sound projects. Because the truth of the matter is, I, I think that the world shifted and talking about meditation and the benefits of that on our pro forma has gotten easier. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, people get philanthropy and caring and some of the soft stuff now, yoga. I mean, these were things that you didn't really talk about with your banker, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Um, today they get it, but they don't really care that much about it. Um, and even if they do, they don't care about it as much as they care about their credit committee and the underwriting right. and the balance sheet. And so, so you just have to know that's it. That's how it is today. And, and maybe that's not even a bad thing. I mean, maybe, you know, um, they're right. They might be right that it's just really important that things are fundamentally sound. So in a couple of months, we'll be launching into a new decade. What do you think Columbus is going to look like over the next 10 years? And what role does Kaufman development play in that vision? Well, hmm, I don't know. And I think that it's not clear. I think we're growing and I think we're doing a lot of the right things. I think the city's headed in a really good path. And there are times, and I'm a bit of a snob, I will admit, that I scratch my head at some of the stuff that's getting built and some of the things that are being done. And, and I think it's okay because overall, I think we're doing a good job and I'm pretty uh, proud of this city and I love being here and it's been the best place to raise a family and grow a business. Um, but, you know, I think our job in part, and it's not just us, is to make sure that we continue to lean in to what's possible. And when I go to Austin and I go to Nashville and I go to LA, I'm not really that blown away most of the time. And I think that, you know, we have um, the, possible, the possibility of not just looking at Pinterest, but building the stuff that's in, on your Pinterest board that we, there's no reason why we can't. And that's what we're trying to do is just do our part to keep building it in a way that we think benefits the city long-term. I want to open it up to audience questions, but before I do, I want to ask you one more question on the topic of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met a lot of great people that, that work for Coffin Development. Um, you seem to be doing something right in that area. Mm-hmm. How do you think about leadership development? Well, I think that um, the first thing that I think we do, and maybe this is more of a culture than a leadership question, but I think it's pretty similar, is we hire for people that we believe, believe in what we do and have the ability to grow and maybe lead. Um, and so it's really less about kind of what we do. It's more about who they are that creates leadership. Now that said, we, we invest pretty heavily in it. So we work with a company called Built to Lead. Um, Chet Scott was my coach at my former company before we um, started Kaufman. He's part of the reason why I was able to come up with this idea of combining my work and my life. And we invest pretty heavily into our team. There's probably three or four different groups that are meeting with Built to Lead every week. Um, we send our people all over the place. We implement a lot of tools. We you know, support the hell out of them in every way we can. And I think 
that seems to matter, you know, and it's not because we want them to stay. We, we say, you know, we want you on fire, whether you're here or somewhere else. And, and, I, and, and you know, there's nothing that makes me happier than when somebody leaves and I stop, they stop me on the street somewhere and say, you know, I'm on fire. I'm living my opus is what we call it. So it's just because we want people to love their lives. And that seems to create leaders internally too. I think there's a number of things that can be done. There's, there's a difference between affordability and creating space for artists. Um, those can be attached, but not necessarily. So um, we are working with Homeport in the second phase. They're building an affordable housing project. We collaborated so that they could afford parking. We're, we, are, we wanted to make sure that that was in the neighborhood. I mentioned the co-living. So our co-living project will be geared in part for artists. So you can rent a bedroom in a fully amenitized, brand new class A for way more than the affordable housing units will be across, sorry, for way less than the affordable housing units will be across the street. Um, and we will inside of that space have artists in residence and we'll have art studios. And of the 90,000 square feet of murals, at least 70% of that will be done by local artists. Um, same was true here. So we are trying to do our part. And, you know, inevitably, things will not stay the same. They will change. And we don't control the entire neighborhood and how the city or other partners, developers end up approaching their business is not in total control. But but we are also at the same time working with the Columbus Foundation, GCAC, the city, others to see how we might be able to ensure uh, that placemaking, art, studios, et cetera, et cetera, are, are here and not just here now, here forever. You know, you got to let people come in and do their thing. You know, some people will argue for a master plan. And I think, you know, my experiences, those are as good as the paper they're written on, you know. So personally, you know, what I think has happened here is the review board, the, the, the people that have been here a long time, Trent, others that are really, really passionate have just been super supportive of stuff that they feel is honoring that creative energy and they help you get through really fast. And if you're out of alignment with that, I'm hoping there's enough people here to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think there's been some projects in the neighborhood that kind of started out one way and because people were really vocal about it, um, ended up a lot better. And, uh, and I hope that's what continues to happen with us too. I want to be held accountable. I want people to call us out. And, you know, we, we may or may not listen all the time, but we want to hear it. No, it's a good question. And, and I give him some crap about that because in our first meeting, I, I told him not to do this tonight, but I'm going to do it. In our first meeting, the first time I'm meeting Sam, I'm in a conference room with three other people. And he says he has a question for me before we start this business meeting. I'm with a coworker, and he says, I said, go ahead, far away, ask me anything. 
He says, um, have you ever done ayahuasca? <laughs> so I will not answer that question, but I will answer your question, um, which is, uh, you know, look, I, I think that it almost doesn't matter if it works to me. People stay, leave, retention, you know. I, I, if I had to look at that, which I'm not going to, but if I did, I would guess we've lost more people than we've kept. And I would guess that of the people we've lost, um, a small portion of them are on fire. But, you know, we say it's for the few. That's, that's I think, just how it is. You know, it's, it's, if, it, it's really hard work to really face your fears and to be courageous and go do something that is inside of you. If it wasn't, everybody would do it. And it's for the few that make me never think about how much it costs. Um, the, the, the truth is, is I, again, you know, I get more fulfillment out of seeing people, even if it's just a little shift. And we've, we've had enough years of doing this now that I know that people's marriages are better. People's relationship with their children are better. People are better because they were here and did that work. Whether they go on to work at a competitor or leave for a raise for 3,000 bucks or start a new business and are on fire, if they moved at all, and you know, it's, a, it's an important thing. You know, gravity is not just for the meditators and for the muralist. And it, it's wherever you are, we want to meet you right there and see if we can move you a bit in a way that feels better to you. Like when I was at the bank and I got moved, you know, I, I, I think there's nothing better than seeing somebody walk in here in a suit and tie, doesn't know anything about meditation, but they came because, you know, their girlfriend or, or whoever partner told them, you know, come do this thing. And the next thing you know, there's like, they leave with a little something. Uh, that's why we do it. What else? You mentioned partners earlier throughout like Bessa and some other ones, but didn't really go into anyone. Do you have any stories for the people who don't know about some of those local partners who really resonated with you and your work and really helped in that collaborative? Yeah, well, the Bessa story is really my favorite. And, and you know, this, the, the story is, is that when I started the company, I had this experience where I was trying to get my kids to volunteer and it was maybe even before I started the company at a shelter downtown. And it was a real difficult thing to just volunteer. Couldn't get people to call us back. A lot of paperwork. It was faxed. It was a mess. And it was like, I don't, I can't believe that. I have to work this hard to help somebody. And so I thought, well, that must not just be me. So when we start the company and we open these communities, we want to be able to provide volunteer opportunities for our residents and for our employees. And we did that really poorly. We didn't know what we were doing at all. And one day, um, you know, kind of as the universe does, Matt Goldstein walks into my office and says, I've got this idea. I'd like to really be able to offer corporations the opportunity to push of a button through a portal to be able to volunteer at any number of events in the city. And I said, that's great. What's the problem? 
He said, I need $5,000. I wrote him a check and here we are. Um, so those are the, like, he, I would have paid him a lot more, you know, and I have. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's profound work. And that's the kind of partnership that we're really energized by. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.